0: I like my friends the way I like my ducks. I'm always ready to pick up the bill.
1: <laughs> I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and a cotton blend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, guys, Wait, are you wearing your merch right now? I am. Are you I wearing am. the sweatshirt that I need? Oh my god. I'll I send need you one. Oh my god, you do and I will like literally lose my mind. You guys, it's Andy's Girls and I am here with it's episode 278. I'm very out of sorts <laughs> because I'm here with one of my favorite people who also you need to go to her store. We'll talk about it. There's we're going to mention a whole fucking lot, let alone mention, mention it you. all. We're going to mention it all. You know her as writer, producer, host of the podcast Pot Psychology and curator and proprietor of one of my favorite (laughs) online shops, Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Tracy Morrissey. Tracy, how are you?
1: Thank you for having me back. I'm good. I'm loopy, as I said before. I forgot to take out the microphone
0: earlier. (laughs) I forgot to to put on my headphones. All of a sudden, we were talking, and I was like, why can't I hear her? Oh, that's right, because I'm not wearing my recording accoutrement. Listen, you have a friend of your petting right now. Who's the pup? As we It's zoom. my
1: dog, Judy. She's really, since COVID, has gotten way too attached to me. Like, her anxiety is incredible now. Like, now it's not even that we have to just be in the same room. It's like, she has to be on me, which at times I really like, but it's also annoying. But she's a, she's a cutie, and I love her.
0: And that happened because she got so used to you being home, that now she's like yeah. not only are you home but I need to be even closer to you
1: yes I've oh researched office chairs of like how can I get an office chair where there's a seat exactly next to me for her that's in the same chair because it's so annoying and I found one but it was like built by this girl who had the same issue but she doesn't sell them she just like gives you instructions and I'm like I'm not building a <laughs> fucking chair <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh- Oh my God. Wait, is she named after Judy Garland, by the way? Is there any other Judy in the world? Judge Judy,
1: a different kind of gay. Okay, that was extremely unexpected, <laughs> and I'm really
0: here for it. Um, So listen, Tracy, you haven't been on AG in a hot second. I was trying to remember before, but, you know, like, basic research is just so much effort. Um, How are you doing? How are we feeling? We're both New Yorkers. You're Zooming from Brooklyn. I'm Zooming how from How are you feeling?
1: E. You have COVID.
0: Yeah, I had it over Christmas, and what I... Am kind of not struggling with, but what I have accepted is the fact that it is going to be. You know, you hear of like the ten day quarantine, Mm -hmm. and as much as all of us have read about this and understand how COVID works and that it's different for every person, in my head, I still thought when the quarantine is done. I'm also done. And (laughs) what I am learning is, like, the residual wet cough is lasting. Whenever I release air, I essentially Mm -hmm. cough. So I'm, like, Mm -hmm. trying to hold it back right now, which I'm sure is great for me. Yeah, laughing is tough. Laughing is tough. And I just, like, yesterday I slept, like, 15 hours of the day Mm. or something. You just, like, it's a hard thing to describe. And then the, you know, you feel bad for talking about any symptoms because obviously there are people who are experiencing major symptoms major reactions but it's like this is still a thing like exhaustion yeah. and fatigue is for lack of a better term exhausting it's like yeah. I, I i'm wondering when i get my body back which was yes. already a little fucked up but i don't when know when did you
1: first um have symptoms
0: uh december 24th i had a Right, you
1: you're exactly this is exactly my timeline from last year I started feeling a little off Christmas Eve, woke up, felt like shit Christmas Day. The day after Christmas, I took a test and it was positive. So um, I would say and then right around the insurrection was when I started kind of like coming to, you know, because I was like I was out of it, out of it, out of it. And I started like coming to to like watch the news because I was like, oh, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And then but I still I- I'll say that my cough lasted till February for sure.
0: And how about your exhaustion?
1: Oh, it was I would say like the, I had two weeks of very, very, very bad COVID and then two weeks of like trying to get back on track. So I would say like, you know, you're in the area of like trying to get back on track, I would think. But it comes in waves, you know
0: yeah and it's a weird thing I was like texting with my mom yesterday and she's like if there's any chance for you to get outside that will help but my thing is like the cold temperature really fucks me up in general because of my pre-existing condition and like Mm. the two times honestly that I've been outside, I think I've been outside twice not including when I had to get some treatment um it's the cold air really no matter how much you bundle up and I talked about this with one of my doctors too it just really exacerbates your your body just feels so sensitive to yeah. everything yeah but but the upside is I live alone god yeah. thank fuck the best decision I ever made in my entire life I'm recording in the office right now yeah. I'm like I feel so much better than I could have otherwise. I am not gaslighting myself by being like you don't feel anything anymore, but I am so grateful that I can talk to you right now, that I can record, that I have the ability to have whatever faculties I had before. (laughs) You know, like whatever. I was probably already at a six at that point normally. But like like the fact that we're able to do this and and that I do feel like I'm getting a little bit better every day, or at least if the stasis is – Fatigue and exhaustion, I am thinking positively and thinking that there's going to be a rainbow at the end of this. And then I'm going to buy myself something great. You know what? I need an excuse <laughs> to spend money irresponsibly. And I think I need a COVID gemstone. Oh, what are you going to get? I'm going to get a covid gemstone. No, there's been like this <laughs> ongoing there's been an ongoing saga of these two rings at Pippin Vintage in Chelsea and I can't afford either, so I'm definitely getting one and um, <laughs> I'll send you some photos after. It's yeah, been I like a long se- Oh yeah, there's been a long series of Instagram polls about it and then I just decided to fuck the votes. Um you know thinking like I don't know former presidents I'm like whatever you guys as well let's fake we need a do-over it till I get the answer I want <laughs> um so listen Tracy how has your housewife's journey been I feel like it really has been a minute since we touched base about all things housewifery if you were to say that You know, the state of the Housewives Union is the following. How are you feeling about it? Just like Housewives in general and your experience watching it, which I think are two different things. I
1: think good. I uh, have been um, I've been really, really, really enjoying Miami. I Mm. have, you know, (laughs) it's so good. Alexia. Oh, I could just watch a show about Alexia's life. You know, it is. There's so much there. I love Salt Lake City. New Jersey's coming back. I'm excited for it. What else is on? Oh, OC isn't bad. I am welcoming Heather with open arms. I'm really glad that she's back. And you know, um, I'm, I'm concerned about New York. I've heard some rumors, mm-hmm. and I uh, and I'm excited about the next Girls Trip season. So I think overall it's like pretty good. Um, I, you know, I love. I very much enjoyed Potomac. Atlanta, I fell off. Atlanta yeah. was like I couldn't even watch tough. the reunion; it was so boring. Tough. And I, it's but tough. I chalked that up to COVID because they were really mm-hmm. filming like in like deep, like yeah. lockdown COVID, and it yeah. felt it like wasn't it wasn't their fault. It was no yeah.
0: fault. Yeah. Also, the cast was what it was. I mean, I think that they needed a little bit of a zhuzh and we'll see what happens with Marlowe. Yeah. Time. Um, yeah. I do want to get your thoughts on Miami because. OG of the AG, Damian Bellino and I recorded a 900-hour Patreon episode where we <laughs> talked a lot about Miami, a lot about OC and and about obviously SLC as well. And um, he and I have spoken. Shout out Damian because I think you're listening. He and I have spoken offline about this too. And I want to get your thoughts on the Alexia, Frankie, Todd, Peter scene, which was the heart and soul of mm-hmm. the most recent episode. Do you think that in filming that or in the way that it was shown, it crossed any kind of lines for you? Like, how did you digest that moment? Were you like, this is really tough? Or how did you feel about it through the experience of being a Bravo-holic? I
1: thought that that was real. That was some real yeah. shit. Like, that was not some, like... You know, girlfriends arguing at a party that we staged, and then we're gonna go to the next party and we're gonna like, you know, come to terms with it, have a post mortem about it. If this was like some real shit. Also, I I think Peter is so hot. I love every scene that he's in. (laughs) I always thought he was hot. I'm so glad he grew up hot. Oh, he's so hot. And you know that he's gotta be passionate because he got married on a whim and then got divorced right away. I I'm into that. I'm into that. So
0: I mean <laughs>
1: he's so gorgeous and he smokes pot. Um but he's
0: so he's so toxic. He's I don't so know. toxic.
1: I mean, he's young. The thing is, is that like that guy what's the guy? Todd? Is Todd the husband's yeah. name? The Todd fiance? from Pete
0: Davidson's Staten Island. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and he's gotta be Italian, right? Hundred percent. So, the like Italian and Cuban fighting is like That's just the way that they fight, you know? Like, it's, like, passionate. People are crying. Then you're hugging. It's, you know, that's, like, in my experience, that's, like, the way that it is. So, I don't know. People may have, like, thought that was really jarring. But to me, that was just kind of, like, the way it, like, it it was just kind of, like, going by the numbers. And that the fact that they hugged and they were all, like, came to, like, on the same page at the end, they're like, we all just care about Frankie. We all just want, you know, help for Frankie. But I did think that Peter was... You know, I thought that, I thought that Todd was taking it too far about the pot. He was like, Mm. you got him, you got him. He was on drugs. And it's like, he's not on drugs. He was, he smoked a little bit of pot and it, and it didn't agree with him. But also like, yeah, he's like, has issues. Pot can be extremely medicinal for certain people. And also he wants to, he wants to be as normal a kid as he can, you know? And his brother was like trying to do that with him. So, and, and, and. I just, I don't think, I actually think giving him liquor would have been a lot worse. I think that Pa, you know, he's not going to have a hangover. Uh, it, you know, and it seems like he's done it more than once, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's where I would counter a little bit. He's done it more than once and it sounded like every time it was a, a, a bad outcome that he would have. Oh, every and, time? Yeah, black blackened blue bruises all over his body and was not well i hey, how I would... how did he
1: get the black and blue i just it sounded to me to... like he had a he got a green out which happens um and i would guess this is my theory i would guess that he also had a cigarette and that has been my experience if you have a cigarette and you smoke weed or you have a spliff that makes me pukey that makes me pass out so i you know it's just i i just didn't think it was as big of a deal Uh, it's you know pot has so much stigma attached to it and I just didn't think it was as big of a deal as Todd made it out to be not like a screaming match thing
0: yeah there is a stigma attached to it that I think has genuinely been lessened in the last several years you would know more about that than I would the name of your podcast is literally pot psychology (sighs) but I would counter and say as someone that's dealt with some circumstances similar to what Frankie's going through even like unrelated to the whole Misha with my brother is that it's not a great idea. If, if your doctors are advising against it or you feel like you're getting a negative reaction, if he's not in full, if he's does not have full capability um, to err on the side of like a negative thing that can happen, noting that he's had negative reactions, he shouldn't be having it. And, and that's where I agreed fervently with Todd because There's the idea of connecting with your sibling, but go play basketball with him. Do something that has not shown a negative reaction. And it sounds like he's had a series of like real negative physical reactions to this and is not in a position where he can be in a position to smoke maybe any substance or drink any substance because he needs to because he has a brain injury like it's it's it can be shown and and studies can show but if this one person is not exhibiting positive reactions he shouldn't be doing it and i i think it from the perspective of todd it's like peter is the cool older brother frankie looks up to his older brother loves his older brother and there are just some boundaries and limits of things that you might not be able to do. And the ultimate crisis in their family, there's so many going on. There's like Todd shaming Peter by bringing up his father, which I thought was disgusting. Yeah, like, there's a lot of a lot of residual ongoing trauma and trauma that's built on top of trauma that hasn't been resolved. And I heard from AGs because I got into it with my family situation and the bond I felt watching this. And um, and guys, if you don't know, my brother sustained a high-level spinal cord injury on the 4th of July over 20 years ago, and it's a high-level quadri- quadriplegic as a result. And what I really appreciated was hearing from AGs after that Patreon episode went up, including there was one AG message I remember, and I'm sorry, I don't remember your name or the, the actual language of it, but it was like... Thank you for not sort of, I hate to use the phrase gaslighting for like the eighth time, but like thank you for not gaslighting the experience that so many families go through where like something bad happens and it remains bad because so much of the language around like deep, deep family trauma and tragedy is like, but we're all still here and that's something that I've said and I still believe, but also sometimes bad things happen and they remain bad and regardless of how much therapy one should have which they should have it my family didn't and I think that's one of the biggest (laughs) regrets I was a child at the time so I didn't know what the fuck was going on but like I would say if you're in a position where you go through some kind of big fucking thing if you're able to get help as a family that will help you in the short and long term but like also the idea that sometimes bad things happen and and they remain bad sometimes they get worse like that's just the reality facing many families. So to counter the idea, I heard that, you know, there's a conversation around like this was too dark. It was too much. It's like, you know what? This is the reality for a lot of people. Maybe not a lot of people, but but some people, some families where you go through a situation where your minor child is gravely injured and it's devastating and it can remain devastating. And I feel like Alexia and her kids are stuck in the place of, trauma understandably and Todd is four years in thinking that he can you know prescribe what's going on and the reality is he's four years in like let's ask him again in 10 you know like it's one of those things where I felt for your hot um, crush Peter who I think is a piece of shit in so many ways but like I felt for him in that moment because it's like you know sometimes trauma happens and the way that it happens it's like a marker Like, your emotional reactions sometimes stay in that spot. Like, even though it happened to Frankie, it happened to Alexi, it happened to Peter as well, on top of earlier stuff that happened to them because of their father. I just think that, like, life is incredibly complicated and sometimes it's dark. And I thought the way that the scene was shown was incredibly respectful and honest. And I really appreciated it. I felt, like, very connected to it and and just think... Everyone in that scene and everyone in that room, obviously, at the end of the day, loves Frankie. And as an Italian and also a Jew, I there have been a couple moments in my le- in my family structure. Where we've had like fucking knocked down. There was a Passover massacre ten years ago that I have termed in my head, deemed in my head, Passover massacre, and a Halloween nightmare during COVID. The two largest family fights. In the twenty years after my brother's accident, and one of them <laughs> happened during COVID, so you can imagine mm-hmm. how that went. <laughs> but like, it happens. People sometimes—it's like the release of all of the pain and all of the frustration, all of the anger. It happens, and you know, theirs was caught on camera, and I thought it was—I thought it was important for people to see. You know, sometimes there's not a happy ending. Sometimes it's just like the story goes on. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that was me talking about fucking sad stuff for 30 minutes so um <laughs> I mean you know what I'm saying like I feel like you're you f- probably feel similar no I loved
1: it I loved watching the scene because it was real um I just thought that Todd I mean I thought that Todd was more mad about Alexia not getting him like uh, therapeutic their therapeutic help that's what it sounded like not getting Frankie like um, like getting him out, getting him because it sounds like he's just on his phone all the time. He's not like doing other things like mm-hmm. it's like having a kid and just having the iPad babysit them instead of like engaging with them. And, do you know, and I'm sure that she's I mean, she's clearly had some rough stuff happen in her life. But I but I see what Todd's talking about. They have the means to hire people to do stuff with with him to you know make sure that he doesn't you know it doesn't have to all fall on their shoulders but like also the other thing is that like I thought that the pot thing had already been litigated before with Peter like they had already been in this huge fight about it so um to like I thought it was like kind of really shitty to like keep calling it drugs and then bringing up his dad, like trying to like make it seem like he's yeah, like his dad with the drugs Todd and, and cocaine it's like, are not the yeah, same thing. Yeah, totally right? different. Be a
0: cocaine dealer. Right. Yeah. That's completely different. So he
1: but he was like there was that like kind of false equivalency there, which I thought was like mm-hmm. super unfair. Um and True. it seemed like Peter was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that anymore. So like Todd was just like kind of like twisting a blade or like, you know, pouring lemon juice on a on a wound. but, but I'm glad that they did it because the last one wasn't on camera and this one was. <laughs> so yeah. This one was like, I also probably think it was cathartic for them. And mm-hmm. um, I read that Todd said that um, that Frankie actually was not listening to that. Like that was right. editing, that he was right. not there when they were all screaming at each other and crying and talking about Frankie. Like they were not talking about Frankie like he wasn't there because he wasn't there, you know. He, he wasn't yeah, t- like watching them.
0: Todd commented on a post about the scene and was like, just so you guys know, he was, it was a much long. I think he said it was like a couple hours long, a couple hours yeah. long or something like that. And Frankie was there at like the very, the, the absolute tail end of it. And when Todd was talking about therapy, I don't, I didn't get the, and I could be completely wrong. I didn't get the sense he was talking about physical or occupational therapy. I got the sense he was talking about like family, mental health, psychiatric like counseling rather not psychiatric but like
1: no i thought so too but i but i think he also was like you can't just leave this kid to sit up and and just play with his phone all day long like you have to like there has to be other things and i think he was like coming at it from a holistic approach and you know it's just the other thing though is that like you know i know that i know that that peter is a piece of shit He's hot. It, like, contributes to, like, what's hot about him. He, wasn't he, like, just arrested for beating up his girlfriend or something?
0: Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He was just arrested for domestic violence.
1: Yeah, he, like, need her in her vagina. But, like, so, yeah. Is
0: that it- literally what happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh allegedly. That's what the a- police report said.
0: He's such a piece of shit. Um, right.
1: But, like, but he's still physically attractive Not but anyway easy. he's a
0: good-looking kid
1: he's had a hard life and a bad upbringing and you know his mom has i mean there there has just been a lot is his mom is like you know kind of like what todd said has like indulged them mm-hmm. both because like trying to make up for like these the shitty lives that they had and like their first father figure and then their second father figure and You know, all of that stuff. It's wild that her ex-husbands both died. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. the whole thing is there's been a lot of trauma. So like in that family. So like, you know, and I understand the like the uh, compulsion or the impulse to want to like baby your kids. But they're like adults now and they need to like, you know, take care of themselves and act like at least Peter needs to act like a full adult.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, all jokes aside, that Peter does seem like a very broken soul and has been like that or just troubled or however you want to characterize it for a while. And it's hard to, like, you know, piece and parcel out how much of this is connected to the reaction and anger that must happen when you're, you know, brother is gravely injured and how much of this is a reaction to everything else and how much of this is at the end of the day ultimately his responsibility a hundred percent when it comes down to it with the Todd stuff I was like a little uncomfortable with his use of therapy as a means to like shame them where he's like you need to do therapy you need to do therapy and I'm not his father and it's like okay well you're not his biological father who's no longer available and, and didn't seemingly, wasn't available prior to like appropriately parent this person. But like you are a father figure and he's been in your life for several years. So if you're referencing therapy, which I don't think anyone thinks is a bad idea, you should be present for that. You are a member of this family and you can't constantly bring up the fact that you're he is not biologically his. And I know that he's older now but he's still your soon-to-be wife's son like you're still gonna play a parental role in this also acknowledging that he is a a a young adult an adult with special needs like I just I didn't love that part I didn't love that I love that we're like having a convo because it's
1: it's fascinating I um as a single mom I wouldn't want someone to yell at my kid especially like she's like a single mom who is very um, you know enabling of both of her sons Mm -hmm. and but like I think that she deep down wants Todd to take the reins Mm. and do this kind of shit but they've probably had and this is just all conjecture but I'm assuming that they've had arguments behind closed doors where she's like you're not his father you can't speak to him like that blah, blah blah so now he's stuck in this place of where she wants him to take charge, but he's not allowed to say everything he wants to say or feels like he needs to say. So he has to keep reiterating, well, I'm not his father. I'm not his father. That's kind of what it, I got from it, that like mm. he was told he's not his father, probably by both of them. So yeah. um, he's in a he's kind of in a shitty situation, too. I think it's really commendable that he even takes this on at all. Like he must really love her. That he is, you know, like that's what she has a fuck ton of baggage, like so much baggage.
0: And also the counter to that, and this is me getting like a little butterflies and rainbows is like she's such a survivor. Like you look at this woman in a world and in a town that is very glitzy and very colorful and sometimes, you know, top layer style conversation and you look at what she has survived with both of her prior marriages with her kids prior to Frankie's accident and after it and I would think anyone would look at that and she's this beautiful woman and so smart and so thoughtful and I would look at that and be like is there a better example of like there but for the grace of God go I like you know like I just I look at her and I'm just like I don't know. Maybe this is like a woman's perspective of it. So it's different. But I just look at her and I'm like, is she an angel? Like, I, and I know, like, you're totally right about the ways that she has. Um, what was the phrase that you used that was totally spot on? Like, the ways that she has. Enabled them? Um, Enable them. Exactly. That's absolutely present. I mean, Peter couldn't be a better example of that, of what can happen. But I also think, like, she's just so fucking strong. I would think yeah. he would be attracted to it in the sense of like the and he should I mean like she's gone through so much and she is still able to fight every day to look for little moments of joy and to be with friends and to laugh and to smile and to have other facets of her life that don't feel so dark revealed too like it it seems like they're actually Even though that scene was real dark and even though when I initially watched it, I watched it several times. When I initially watched it, I was like, Peter, I'm a fucking – I'm not Peter, sorry. Todd, I'm, like, going to fuck you up a little bit because I thought he was a little aggressive in ways that, like, I didn't love. But then I rewatched it and I was like, I get more of what he's saying. I just hate the way that he's saying it. Yes. But it's a real tough circumstance. But, like, it seems like she's maybe finally found a partner. The fact that they ended that scene with hugs, I was, like – that did not happen at the end yeah. of the fights that I remember it's like I couldn't believe it. I literally was like are we watching the same I would not be able to leave that space. But it seemed like they were all as honest with the hugs as they were with the anger and frustration and fear. Like Yeah. What? I can't yeah. I don't I don't know that I've seen something like that happen on reality TV before. I really don't know that I have.
1: Yeah. It was great.
0: I do want to shift gears in the weirdest way in the okay weirdest <laughs> possible way because I want to get your thoughts on the last 10 minutes of Salt Lake okay. which were a different kind of ending I yeah. would say than what we watched on like Miami these moments of truth I mean like Maybe Salt Lake was also very truthful, and it just truth looks like that. This poor, you know, prayers up to Kevin, or whatever his name was, the driver, my god. (laughs) I mean, he's gone through a lot. But um, what were your thoughts just kind of processing what Jen is trying to say, what Lisa is trying to say when it comes to all things Meredith and more?
1: Jen makes it impossible. Because she's just screaming at people. Like, no one can hear you when you're just screaming like that. Like, no one can really hear what you're saying because it's really off-putting. It puts people automatically in a defensive position. They have to be because she's taking such an aggressive, offensive position. And then, like, she's almost, like, not making sense because she's so out of control that it's... I find it, like, so distasteful. I also think, like... I don't like. They're all like thinking that there's some kind of like collusion between Mary and Meredith and the FBI, and it's like no. There were like people that ratted Jen out that she had worked with, and that's how that happened. And of course, they've been tailing her. They know what the what people are doing. They, I'm sure that they followed. I'm sure they knew where the camera crew was staying in town, and that they like followed them to the friggin or they could have just been like hanging outside a beauty spawn laser or whatever and is that what it's called
0: beauty lab and laser Be- so beauty called. lab and laser I got, it. I got it we all got it we all got I it. i mean and
1: just hoping that she comes by and you know and they were just in the parking lot of that place which is extremely public and and visible so i don't know i'm not buying any of that stuff i totally and and the the fact that jen was so offended by what Meredith said when Meredith was like, you guys need to be her friend. You need to be there for her. Like, I can't be her friend right now, but I understand that she's hurting. I thought that was, like, very empathetic and very nice of Meredith to say, um, given that if if Jen had said half of the shit or done half of the shit to my kid that she did to Brooks and just in general to, like, treat, uh, you know, a kid who's not, you know out or possibly out or whatever it is whatever the case is just be homophobic like that in general I think is like so gross so like uh, just I and the fact that Meredith all she wants is just not really be around Jen so the the fact that Jen was like you know fuck her for saying that like she can't be my friend and it's like lady you've been horrible to this woman and she still understands that you're in pain like, that, that was what the point of, of it was. So I felt like Jen had bad comprehension. Um, it was just, like, all such a mess. I kind of felt bad for Lisa being screamed out like that. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, she, like, basically whispers when she talks. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby <you're> gorgeous, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, it felt like she was getting pushed to this point that was really awkward and – then Heather and Whitney are just kind of sitting there, but sort of egging Jen on a little bit in a way that I was, like, not thrilled about, like, the moments before. Well, they don't like Lisa. Obviously, but it's, like, at a certain point, I mean, is defending or protecting your friend allowing her to get to this point? Like, at what point do you really diffuse it? I know that Heather did. Um,
1: Heather pointed out why she hired the private investigator she's like well she hired the private investigator because her son was getting horrible tweets and messages on social media that's like it wasn't because she was trying to dig up dirt on Jen she was like you know although I want to just put this out there that if any of them want to hire a private investigator they can contact me (laughs) because I would do just as good good of a job you are very good you are very good and I I would probably just do it for the hell of it, you know? I would like I to mean, get paid, but I would I would just enjoy it, you know?
0: Guys, if any um, SLC cast members or anybody else, if you're listening, slide into Tracy Morrissey's DMs. Yeah. I mean, Heather, yeah, was diffusing it at that point, but she also was prolonging it in other scenes where she's like, what does it mean? Like, what do you think? Like, did they – which is just – I don't know. It feels stupid. It feels like a dumb... A, do people really think this? And also, at the end of the day, like, what's worse? Trying to figure out who reported you or trying to figure the, out, like...
1: The f- crimes you committed.
0: Right. Or allegedly. the crimes that you allegedly committed, but most certainly did. Like, <laughs> what? what's worse here? We're all focusing on, like, some of this other extraneous stuff. And we're pretending that Meredith is the villain of this season, Meredith like Crazy. she's made some weird choices and I don't ever want to watch that Seth party scene hell ever no again
1: I was very uncomfortable with the cake and the licking
0: I was this is like <laughs> so specific but I vocally screamed when he kissed her in the elevator and did it again and I'm not kiss shaming anyone but he was puckering his lips in such a way that it was like the inside lower part of his lip was going into the kiss and I I couldn't believe it and then he did it again and I was like maybe this is their thing and whatever floats your boat you guys are like happily married or whatever regardless of what however many times Jen keeps audibly saying but she had an affair for literally no reason, having nothing to do with anything except to make sure it was caught by cameras. Like, yeah, obviously you guys seem to be doing OK, but like maybe please don't kiss again in that way because it's making me feel things that I don't want to It was feel.
1: uncomfortable. But that's and to your point. Like, you know, Jen is like screaming, you know, she had an affair. She had an affair. And then it's like, how dare she say she can't be a friend to me right now? It's like, lady, <laughs> you are terrible. You're a horrible person and you have given this woman and her children shit and her husband shit and you want you're offended that she doesn't want to be in your presence. It's, you know, should be her least of her concerns right now. Also,
0: right? I always get confused with Jen. Like, what's the part where you're amping this up to because it's going to be on camera to have a moment and like how much of this is just your instinctive normal for me reaction
1: oh i think it's all normal for her and we i think we learned that with with the with the hidden camera thing with their the assistant the way that she was screaming at people yeah yeah, yeah. i think that she wasn't doing that to play up anything she was just being her i think that this is her i think this is her she loses it she has a, a, a hair trigger temper you know
0: yikes and who says to someone, I'm going to bully and mean you into being friends with me? She's yelling yeah. at her to choose sides. It's like, ma'am, I'm going to choose the side of someone not <laughs> the person nice standing to me. over me, trying to yeah. entice me into some sort of literal physical altercation. Jen was trying to bully Lisa into some sort of physical something, which was... A weird look on any day if you're playing the friendship game. But also like at what point does her husband, a licensed attorney, or her legal team, which we heard about a week prior, having a two million dollar retainer
1: Wait, Shaw's an ja- attorney, Coach Shaw?
0: Yeah, he was a um a personal injury. Uh, ambulance chaser attorney. okay yeah, I mean um, for for a number of years before he um pursued his dreams um of being a coach and being called coach shop but with Jen it's like so she didn't take a minute after being arrested and charged really to like strategize how any of this would help or hurt her when it's shown and court proceedings are ongoing like I don't understand how no one had a convert like too much I know that they don't they're not responsible for how she behaves on her tv show but like what is she doing she looks unwell like yes it's, it's what are you literally doing here are you Because if she's not doing it to create a moment, that's actually worse to me. That's what, because that's what I think it is. Yeah. I don't
1: think she's doing it to like, she's not doing a Sonia Morgan, just trying to like make Mm -hmm. good TV or something. She, this is her. That's her. I became convinced by that because of the, the hidden, the, the secret Mm -hmm. recordings or whatever. Um, But I thought I, you know, and in the beginning of the conversation, Lisa was like, you know, making allowances. It wasn't like she was completely just right. like choosing Meredith's side, like completely right. overdone. She was like, yeah, you know, the hypocrisy. And I thought it was a good point. She's like, the hypocrisy here is that like, you know, I, I have a problem with, with Meredith's double standard of, you know, really taking up for Mary, who is the meanest person in this group. Mm-hmm. Mary, who is completely like racist and, uh, I mean, d- double dealing and – Maybe allegedly a cult leader, and you know all kinds of. Sh- Did you see the stuff that her cousin came out with?
0: I'm never gonna watch it. I don't have capacity for it, but I've heard about it. It's very. I didn't up. watch the
1: whole it's thing, but I, up. I just read a um a synopsis.
0: Yeah, 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 same.
1: But I didn't realize she was having an affair with Cameron, and now well, he's dead. And guys, there, are
0: alloc- there are allegations that posed by. Who was it? It was a cousin of Mary's that a cousin was Marian, being interviewed by someone. Cameron, right? And you can find it online. It's circulating. It's so niche that I can't. I, it's like yeah. I gotta focus on what's on screen. Yeah, no. Like well, it's about the like what the, the New York Times about what's on screen. Right. It's just very dark and really fucked up, and it's like so dark and fucked up and not surprising, which is yeah. like the worst way to think of it. Um, based on what's already been released. But what were you gonna say
1: about what? Um, whatever. <laughs> I um, don't remember what was I talking about. About Yeah, Meredith uh, uh Lisa was saying, like, you know, it's it's you know, hypocritical of Meredith to, to take up for Mary when she's like the meanest person. And Jen couldn't even hear that because she was right. just screaming so much. Like she couldn't hear Lisa being objective in that moment. So I just, the thing is is like Jen I'm enjoying watching. This all unfolds, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm not one of those people. I hate when people are like, "They need to go." I don't like them. I'm not one of those people because, like, I think that that and then the show's gonna be boring if you only have people that you like on the show. You have to right. have a bad person, but just her. <laughs> you have to. You have in w- WWE. Oh. You have a villain. You always. You always have to have a villain, but um. Jen's kind of villain, like villainry. Is it villainry? No. Sure. What is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Is yeah, it? Villainry. Yeah. Um, she, hers is just like too loud for me. It's like screaming. I hate that kind of screaming that that just like, like at the top of your lungs, like completely unhinged nastiness is to me like kind of unwatchable, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, I don't know how many, but I do want to, I do want to see this court case play out. So <laughs> she needs to get Zen somehow. I don't know how she's going to become Zen Gen, but she needs to in order to just like, she needs to just dial back her temper some.
0: Or she just continues what she's doing because she feels like she has nothing to prove and should not have to bow to the wind in any single way. It seems like that it's an odd juggling act to film a scene with your mother a retired educator of 35 plus years asking or essentially discussing the fact that she might be liquidating her nest egg in retirement to support you and now i like watch this week's episode and i'm like you know what's wild is like some of that fucking money if she takes it from her mom or she doesn't regardless a lot of her defense i would think would be to push back on the narrative that Jen so willingly participated on on Salt Lake City it's like you're telling you're you're showing us these moments to gain our sympathy doing charity work which is great like having Mm -hmm. these moments with your mom who seems like a lovely person and I feel terribly for her and the position that she's been put in allegedly because of her daughter's actions but anyway you're filming these scenes and we're seeing a little bit of nuance here. And then Jen's like, fuck nuance. I'm going to be so (laughs) reactive and so cutting and so shitty. And then I just wonder, like, are we watching like the literal cost of what her defense team is going to have to do? Because she's not in a normal case. It's not like she can, litigate this at a reunion and be done she's gonna go from litigating this at a reunion to litigating it in federal court like how does that work out
1: and she's gonna she's saying she's gonna fight it that's gonna cost so much money to fight it I mean like and uh, typically typically when you have a case brought against you by the feds typically it's because it's, like, rock solid. They don't necessarily – like, they take a long time before they actually press charges because right. they they want to get all their ducks in a row, <laughs> and they want to make sure that they can actually get a conviction. And a lot of people end up pleading out, like, Teresa and Joe. Um, so I don't – to, to fight it is going to be extraordinarily expensive, but I, I think it's because if she took a plea, she probably would have to do like five years. That's what it seems like, at least. So I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. But here's the thing that I'm fascinated by is that you are allegedly scamming people for money or at least selling their data or their info and uh, – you are living this life of, you know, wearing Versace and Gucci and blah, blah, blah. Your hair's always done up. Um, and you don't have real savings. estate that you own. And you don't have savings for like a rain. Even mobsters have like a rainy day fund for this kind of stuff, you know. Like they have like some some money stuffed in the mattress for, you know, when, when shit hits the fan. It's, it's kind of crazy that they were just living, it seems, a little bit maybe paycheck to paycheck and she does seem like she takes care of a lot of people in her family so I understand that aspect but just the showiness of her of her life and the showiness like the of of that wealth when you know possibly it was you know you know gotten in dubious means you know
0: yeah, it does not make any sense to me. And I'm glad you you said that because I was thinking it especially this week for some reason. Uh, maybe it's because we saw that like tour of the two bedroom and it's yes. not going to work out because it's only two bedrooms. And it's like what literally how are you even paying for any of this? How yes. are you paying for literally any place that you are staying? And if. You know, because I'm assuming
1: her business is done right now. Like yeah, she's probably she can't.
0: no. The judge has ordered her like you can't. There she has to get permission for certain streams of income. I think she's on cameo right now, which was approved mm. by the judge. Like there are. She has ability to make streams of income, but not with the criminal shit. Like you can't. Yeah. Be, you can't be continue to be crimin. Like <laughs> you, have to, you have to put that on pause a little bit. Unfortunately, but. I wonder if it has something, I was thinking about this because Ozark is coming back and Ozark has failed me as a person because Mm. three, almost four seasons in, I'm still confused about why money has to be laundered. But I I wonder if there's some connection to that, like to a, a, a way for the illicitly garnered gained funds to be used as quickly as possible in this kind of stuff. Because mm. it does not make any financial sense to have no property at all mm. that you own, like that. That just to, to me does not make any kind of sense. It just obviously makes no sense. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: I don't either. I I mean, for me, the only explanation is that it was a keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, where she, you know, didn't want to wait till she could have a down payment to buy a chalet like that. And so she just was renting it. She had enough to rent it, but she didn't want to like, you know, be seen living in a smaller place while she was saving up the money to get in a bigger place. That's the only thing that that's the only thing. And then then that would make any kind of sense to me. But it just it still doesn't make very much sense to me. Also, because even if you get your money through, um, like even if it's like ill gotten gains, you always can just say you want it in Vegas you can always say that you won money because there's no way to trace that so you can always just go to Vegas and then say oh well I won this there you know
0: yeah you could say that I won money there but that has nothing to do with the money that receipts will show you scammed out of bajillions of people oh yeah you for know, like, sure. but I'm
1: but in terms of like having like to launder it a
0: bag of cash oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I don't I really apologize to Ozark I, I have watched every episode that's been up so far and I remain befuddled by the Ozark of it all oh yeah
1: that was my favorite part I haven't watched the third season yet I watched the first two and you know like when you watch a whole season in like two days and then yeah, when the next season comes out like two years later and you're like what Happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember because that's a that's a tough show to binge, and I I, that's how I watched it. I binged it, and it's Mm -hmm. like it's just so dark and so sad that I'm like, I don't. It doesn't. It's not like pleasing to me that it's coming back. I'm I'm glad that we're getting another and the last season, but also like, my God, how long can we? be up there in the Ozarks with the with the sadness and the crime and I don't know it's it's a whole lot there's a whole lot happening (laughs) um you know news came out uh before the last episode was recorded that was confirmed after the fact that Mary is did not attend the reunion I hate that as a result was fired although I I would argue that she fired herself um Mm. Like, it seemed like she made a choice. It wasn't like she was expecting to come back, that she understood that she wouldn't be coming back if she didn't show. Um, how do you think that's going to actually affect the structure of the reunion and any movement toward next season?
1: Listen, thank God they have the gen stuff <laughs> to yeah, fall back on, because that's a lot. I mean, it would have been a really crazy reunion to pack in the, the cult stuff. The fact that the cult stuff was the B story this season, is wild Mm -hmm. because that Mm -hmm. probably would have been the a story um i think that it's cowardly of mary to not show up i think that she probably makes so much money doing her church stuff that it doesn't really uh make a difference to her about keeping this job she doesn't really care about it she there's a lot of things that don't like like does not compute with her like obviously about Mm -hmm. the Asian stuff that was weird the Mexican stuff that she said there's a lot of things other than the cult stuff that she was gonna have to answer for. answer
0: for right. and
1: she I think it's it might even be that stuff that was gonna be uncomfortable for her I don't know but um you know when this show first started I knew that like with that I was I remember I asked you when we it was like right after we, we were it was an episode of Andy's Girls and it was right after their show premiered and I was like who do you think will be the one that gets in trouble with the law first and then I was like it's between Mary and Jen but I think it would be Jen because you know it doesn't make sense that she doesn't own her house blah 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 but also Mary you know is under this tax shelter in her in her uh, church that she it's going to be difficult for them to pin something on her unless like people press their own charges against her or whatever um, so I don't know. I think Mary is probably just going to ride off into the sunset and she's going to be fine in her life. And that sucks. It sucks that she's not. I mean, they're going to have to talk about her for so long and she's not going to. It just sucks when people do that, you know.
0: Is it better or worse for Meredith that Mary doesn't show up? Because the, the benefit to Meredith is like this person isn't going to say any more things that are going to be incredibly offensive regardless of how she intended them.
1: I think it's better that mary didn't show up because meredith can now just trash her if she wants she doesn't have to but all right i'm glad you brought this up what is that why why is (laughs) meredith so invested in protecting mary like why like what happened there is it just like i don't i don't understand is it just because she dislikes jen so much and mary's the only one that's willing to hold that line with her
0: It's weird because it's like, I know it's complicated, but I can't figure out the complications. Like there's obviously the Jen of it all. And knowing that Jen and Mary so obviously didn't get along last season, I'm sure plays into it because you know that you're going to have an instinctive natural ally. And I do think there's some weird stuff with Lisa and Meredith because of Lisa's friendship with Jen, like irony alert, that might be over following this week's the end of this week's episode. But like it, I'm sure that's a part of it too. I just don't know. It feels like she made a, talk about investments. Like she made a really bad investment. Where is her other friendship capital? Because yeah. it just feels like she continues to div- in, in on the show. We're not, I can't even get into social media because it's too, it's too much.
1: Yeah. I don't but follow any of their stuff.
0: It's, it's overwhelming, but I just feel like, you're continuing to drive this in such a way maybe that's just life like maybe you're like this is the person I'm going to align with and that means I'm going to align with them and maybe she really does empathize with what Mary is going through it's just it was a I just think it was a bad call it's helpful yeah. for us we don't want to see Mary on her own island like it is helpful but it is also a little strange that in these moments where you would think Meredith would find her voice, especially when she's like speaking out f- with, for Jen for no reason that she would be able to do that with Mary, but she doesn't, she doesn't appear to. And like many months after the fact is, is good, but like, a little I just,
1: late. yeah, I think that like I, for, I think that these women, particularly on this show, are very, very uh, malleable for the producers and Mm -hmm. that they take direction because I think that that's what the whole thing with like bringing up like, oh, it just seems so weird that Meredith and, you know, Mary, they're not on the bus. I feel like that that was all kind of like producer manipulation and that they were like, all right, well now talk about this because they seem like they're really agreeable to that. I'll say, um, I have some like inside scoop. I worked on mm. a project in Montana and, um, I worked with a sound guy who was the, the crew was from Salt Lake city. And I was like, as soon as I heard that I was the only woman on the, on the crew. And it, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, uh, have you ever worked on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? And the sound guy said yes. And he was like, yeah, I did like a couple interview days. He's like, I will never do that again. I guess because he just thought it was so boring. Because for him, you know, he's like, because he, he has to stand there with a pole, you know, just the whole time the and room. just yeah. and not like doing anything, not moving around. It's just like super boring for him. But he said to me, he told me that, so he did um, Whitney's and he did Meredith's. And he said um, what he what was really shocking to him. He's like, I know on reality shows that they like, you know, it's kind of scripted and they kind of tell people what to say. He was like, I was shocked at how word for word they were telling them what to say. And he's like, and the women actually seemed grateful for it so that they because like they didn't really know what to say. And it, it made them sound smarter or funnier because they were given these lines and he, they would just read give them line readings and they would just say stuff and I have definitely have seen it in a couple of things certainly with Whitney because um, she's like said a couple jokes which I know didn't come from her uh, and one time with Lisa it seemed really obvious that she was just like repeating a joke that the producers told her to
0: when and this was during the filming for the second season or the first yes
1: for the second season wow
0: I wonder if those were, like, pickups. I don't know why I need more detail. Like, was do you think it was for... You know how they do a lot of the confessionals once they're in the editing mode? Like, after a certain chunk of time, they're doing the confessionals once they're figuring out what the arc is. I, I don't know why that's, like, both surprising and not surprising. I think I'm leaning toward not surprising.
1: Yeah, I kind of knew that about things. Also, I had yeah. heard... I had heard... And I don't even remember where I heard this. But when um when oh my god why can't I remember her name I'm like blanking the one with the one leg um Aviva?
0: <laughs>
1: yes when Aviva <laughs> accused <laughs> I can't believe I forgot her name I've been having brain fog lately when oh Aviva <laughs>
0: god, a big old COVID cop. oh my god oh my god the fact that it took me a second to be like wait of all of the, because you said blonde woman right i was like how many blonde women are there with one like okay sorry Uh, yeah come on um
1: so when she accused carol of having a ghostwriter right she was she meant that it was she that carol was using someone to write her jokes for her on for her confessionals or whatever for her interviews and but they couldn't say that on camera so it turned into like a whole other thing and like and then carol got so offended because she's like i didn't use a ghostwriter for my book blah blah blah. but she like someone told me that she had had this like kind of team of gay guys that helped her like come up with like quippy one-liners or whatever uh for the thing and so i don't and actually i don't think that bethany for the most part was taking direction you can tell the people who are like being authentic in their interviews or people who are like sharper than other people, you know what I mean? Like Lisa Vanderpump, I would imagine comes up with a lot of her own shit and Kyle probably, but yeah, some people just don't. And it's apparently like really now it's just like really blatant.
0: I would wonder who's the most egregious example of that. I would think Teresa.
1: Teresa is, I actually knew I that I know. And, but they're so Salt Lake city and New York are both done by shed. So they're the same production company, Teresa a friend of a friend knew the showrunner, the old showrunner, who mm-hmm. she said that a lot of the stuff that Teresa said were just things that her mother, who's Italian, would say. And so she would just give mm-hmm. those things to Teresa to say.
0: Oh, that the the showrunner's per- mother, mother yeah. was Italian? Oh, I yeah. It was Teresa, so I was like, well, that's kind of, like, sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, there are certain moments where I almost, like, I don't know I have so much for affection for Teresa these days and I cannot believe it based on how I felt about her during seasons three four and and beyond but where I'm like yeah that's fine honestly like she's given us so much we've seen so much of her life that it's like does she need a little help yeah it's like finding out the Teresa had a ghostwriter it's like of course she did like that's not where no one is surprised by that and we're um, almost a little bit charmed by it by like okay well you were able to deliver them so good for you you know like what else can I say to that?
1: I've heard that Teresa's the nicest one. So many On different jersey? So many different producers have told me, um, and this is pre Margaret, pre um Oh yeah. This is like older that yeah. Teresa was the nicest one. Like uh, compared to the um the Manzos and stuff, the Loritas.
0: I mean, I that makes me kind of I'm happy for it. Makes it, sense if that's to the me. Case. It, it's not surprising because I think Teresa still kind of remains the person that she was when she joined, where she's like, I yeah, I have four daughters, like you know, or three at that point, but um, four, <laughs> four
1: beautiful daughters.
0: Yeah, four beautiful daughters. Um, mm-hmm. but that makes me like extra nervous about this whole Louie thing because I'm like Teresa. I know. Door- you deserve to have someone who loves and respects you, and I'm just like super nervous about this guy, and it's going to be at the forefront. It was of too the show. fast.
1: It was too fast. Too
0: much too soon. The too love fast. Over there. Yeah, you no have brain. to take it
1: slow, especially if you have daughters. Daughters, you know.
0: Daughters, you gotta protect your daughters. At the yeah, end of the day.
1: I would not bring a strange man. I have a daughter. I have a daughter, and I wouldn't bring a strange man around her like I would be I would have to be dating I date people for like a long time before I introduce her to them and actually I've never really introduced her to someone because I don't know I just feel like she doesn't need to be involved in that until I can figure things out until you know you really need to know someone for at least a year before you know like what they're like I would say.
0: But some people, I mean, some people are married within a year's time of meeting. Like yeah, just and did,
1: I, I did that, and I'm divorced. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you think, though, that the kids' age matters, too? Like, you have a younger kiddo. Teresa's kids are teenagers, slash Gia's just turned 21, so I'm a million audriana's
1: young still and she's at that age she's at an extremely formidable age
0: impressionable and yeah. she
1: never had her dad around because he left mm. when she was a toddler right so no
0: she was no no she was like i don't was know was she even in school yet uh, yeah she yeah. was wasn't she i would think she was like six ish, maybe i could be getting that but i mean i still
1: tod- toddlers up to six
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I thought toddlers was like two to three, and then you're just like a child. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I literally thought <laughs> that was, thought it was. I had no idea. Um, yeah. I mean, just like prayers up. I guess all those. Yeah, I
1: hope. I hope to
0: Franklin Lakes. I hope, and they are like. Yeah, well maybe it'll maybe it'll turn out okay. It it won't, but like maybe it will. But it won't. Um listen, I want to shift gears to the AG Patreon because I need to get your thoughts on what's happening with New York. And I do also want to talk to you about OC, but before we do that Tracy Morrissey, tell the people where to follow you what you're working on, where to buy the sweatshirt, which, guys, is gorgeous, and you can also see on her Instagram. (laughs) Tell us all the things, all the info, and, of course, don't leave anything out, including pot psychology.
1: Okay. Uh, You can follow me at Tracy Morrissey everywhere. Tracy's with an I-E. You can buy merch or pipes, smoking accessories at pipedreams.fun. I'm wearing my um, horrible result of modern feminism sweatshirt, (laughs) but I also sell – uh, like wilderness girl merch I, I do this thing called corporate swag where I take um, like organizations or companies from movies that I love from the 90s and I make swag of it like G.A.W. from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead I make some G.A.W. mugs uh, Trask Industries from Working Girl oh.
0: Iconic. Moramax Iconic. From
1: uh, Big Business. And so you can get mugs or sweatshirts of those things. I also do a canteen for Wilderness Girls um, at pipedreams.fun. And my podcast is Pot Psychology. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Amazing. And guys, while you're listening and subscribing and stuff, if you don't subscribe to the Andrews Girls podcast, you know, a Real Housewives podcast, that thing you're listening to right now, why don't you... Ya- leave a five star review uh, if you can and I think you can um, and join the Andy Scrolls Patreon it's the number one way to support AG and yours truly $2 a month gets you my love and support $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes 10 bucks a month gets you four and you can also join the premium people's people's Patreon couch tier and record a Patreon app with yours truly Tracy and I are going to record a Patreon app right now that you can listen to I guess right now too. <laughs> follow me on instagram at dame galley um and listen tracy a pleasure a joy to have you back (laughs) i can't wait to continue this conversation which we're about to do guys hope you're all hanging in there staying safe staying healthy staying sassy doing whatever watching orange county which we're about to discuss i can't believe i'm thrilled about it (laughs) uh we'll talk to you guys again soon Bye bye bye